Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Episode 545, and uh, with Mr. Tucker Max, who, I mean, it's the weirdest kind of, I never thought I would talk to you, especially in the capacity that we're going to, like, talk today. Like, I, you know, I'm 31, I graduated UGA in 2013, I was pre-med, and uh, smart enough to get into medical school, stupid enough to not go, but when I was studying, I remember freshman year reading I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, like, in between studying and so it'd be like me by myself high on Adderall laughing maniacally at your book and now here we are talking about psychedelics and mental health but for all the people who don't know you which I imagine is pretty few but please introduce yourself man all right so uh Tucker Max is my name uh I'm a I've written four New York Times bestsellers three that hit number one They've sold, I don't know, four-ish, four and a half million copies total. Um, I started a company called Scribe Media, which uh, helps people write, publish, and market books. We've done David Goggins' book, which is, you know, Can't Can't Hurt Me, which is super famous. It is the second best-selling memoir of the last five years. The second only to Michelle Obama, which is the best-selling memoir of all time. Um, and uh, uh, his book's still on a roll, man. I just actually looked at his numbers. 2.7 million copies sold in like two years. It's insane. Christ I know. I know, right? Um, and then, uh, so I started that company. We've done 870-something books in six, seven years. Another, I don't know, 1,200 in process right now or 1,500 in process. Um I don't know. I mean, those are the big things. There's a ton of other things. Uh, I, I, I'm one of the few celebrities or well-known people that has done psychedelic medicine and talks publicly and openly about it. Um, I know a ton of very famous people who have done that, a lot of that work. Most of them shut the hell up about it. Yeah. That's fine. That's their choice. Uh, it was so game-changing and life-changing for me that I just couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't have something that amazing and keep it to myself i felt like it wasn't fair so that's kind of why we're i guess where we are where we are it's i mean it's on par with like seeing a ufo you're like listen if i start talking about this people are going to look at me out of the side of their eyes but yeah. at the same time you're like i can't not talk about <laughs> what just happened well see that's what did you notice how i talk about it like uh so people who've done serious psychedelics and mushrooms lsd ayahuasca you can talk to them about your experiences on the medicine and they get it and you, you're talking to a peer. I, don't, I, I rarely talk about that. Like if you notice, I write only about MDMA, mm-hmm. right? Because if I were to write about the shit that my experiences on on like LSD, right? Like, right, it's like, it just, I mean, I, I've read trip reports. I've read what people is t- or listened to people before I did this stuff. And I'm like, well, you're just fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're on and drugs. I did it. Right, right. I did it. And then I'm like, oh, man, they weren't crazy at all. Yeah. Now I understand. Yeah. Well, they may have been crazy, but now I understand now their crazy. experience. Right. Yeah. No, no, not okay. <laughs> it's, it's just a different experience, right? Yeah. And so, like, I actually don't talk about the experience of psychedelics 
Because listen, you can take psychedelics for two reasons, healing trauma or expanding your mind. I talk about the healing trauma because everyone's traumatized, everyone's suffering, and everyone's looking for a solution. And psychedelics are probably the best solution, you know, especially combined with, you know, therapy and everything else, right? Mind expansion, honestly, sadly, most people are not looking for. And if you talk about it with people who aren't ready for it or don't know what you mean, you just sound crazy, right? So I just don't, you know? Yeah. I would say the first time the first time I ever took it was definitely mind expansion. I mean, I was like I was crazy in high school. I mean, I vividly remember one of my friends like reading your stories on like a laptop in my buddy's room and us, you know, I don't think I even had my driver's license at the time, but you know, in college I got really straight edged. I start straight A's, exercised every day, like meditation, but was still very smoke weed occasionally, but I was very much like, you know, well those are just drugs in your brain, like you're high. And you know, I did meditation every day and I thought that's where you expand your mind. And as I got close to graduation in December 2013, I just got into medical school, was kind of coming to the realization that I hated my life. And I was like, very, I loved the idea of the white coat. I'm going to be Dr. Kerrigan. And like everyone was proud of me, but I was like, I am not happy. And yep. just started dating a girl and families and are all in all different states. And I was like, fuck and uh you know most people say you got to take it in a good time but to me i was like well why don't you take out like the biggest tool in an insane time so i went and got some and i went with my uh, friend at the time we went up to like a lake in north georgia kind of cleared the schedule and i was like had never done them before and was terrified and i was like i just have to sort of like step through like what's going on and it was a small dose it was two dried grams of uh, psilocybin and we just sat in a field and i meditated and the overwhelming feeling I got was it's possible to still work hard and pursue great things, but it doesn't have to just be struggle. Like it can be like there can, it can be loving. Like it doesn't have to be work hard. It doesn't have to be sort of pure Goggins, right? It can be Goggins with like a, an open mind of like a sort of Rogan. Like it, it can be fun. Yes. And, and that's what that was. And and I won't go into all of them because, it, as you know, they go forever. A couple months after that, I lost my oldest brother to suicide. Brilliant individual oh. doing graduate research at Georgia Tech, like classified aerospace shit, smoking hot girlfriend who was a lawyer. I mean, dude, world at his fingertips, took his life with a handgun. And, you know, I've talked about it extensively. Why? Do you know why? Crippling depression. Just You know what depression is, right? He had it for his whole life, did therapy. I've done therapy since then. So have my brothers. But he he was fighting it for a long, long time. At its core, the depression or unfelt emotions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I won't. It's what they are. I won't say what his suicide letter was for privacy of my family. But it's. Of course. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, you see, not to belittle it. I don't know if you see like a veteran who's like missing two limbs and whose fan he has wife left him and he has like a crippling addiction and his PTSD like it almost makes a little more sense like a suicide it's still horrible you know what's funny is those people uh, are actually far less likely often yeah probably it depends yeah no but it's true like there's actually good studies on this that that um that people who go through catastrophic accidents if they make it out of that initial period are often less likely Right. It's yeah. like uh, the Victor Frankl effects, you know, that like they that's that actually helps them find meaning in life. Yeah. It's often not all of them. 
but so, a huge, huge number. So, and and I'll and I'll stop talking because I love the sound of my own voice. But so like afterwards, I was like, well, shit, and I kind of spiraled downwards, and I and I did psychedelics on like the one year anniversary of his suicide, and that was now for like trauma and trying to like at least understand it. And the overwhelming feeling I got was that he is okay. I don't know where he is, but he's okay. And then two years later, I started to get suicidal myself. And I was like, I don't fucking want to do this game anymore. I'd gained a ton of weight, was doing a ton of drugs. And uh, I took a, I took 1,250 micrograms of LSD and 15 dried grams of psilocybin. At once? At once. My logic was this. So that's your face, right? Well, it's, what is that? Well, my logic was this. Suicide is going to be a more intense trip than that, Right. So if I can't take this and see what's on the other side, am I really prepared to commit suicide? So 15 dried grams, three times Terrence McKenna's... That's insane. I know what 15... That's insane. And 1,250 micrograms of LSD. My, that's also insane. Independently, those those aren't even mega doses. Those are nuclear doses of both of them. If you can't withstand that, then how am I prepared for suicide? That was my logic. At the peak of it, at the peak of it, I realized I, I realized I need to move home. And I called my mom the next day and said, I need to come home. And I knew as soon as I said that, there was no taking it back. She flew down that evening, came home. Girlfriend broke up with me. I get it. Lived at home for five years, just getting my life back on track, getting sober, losing weight, doing therapy. December 2019, started this podcast above my parents' garage, and now we're here. And uh, my life goal with this podcast is I'd like to make a ton of fucking money, but my life goal is to take that money and push it towards, I've said this since episode one, this is episode 545, I would like to make a lasting impact on the mental health landscape through psychedelic research so that my brother's loss is not in vain. That's kind of my story with this, and I'll go on forever about it, so I'm going to curtail that. That's what led me to, I saw an email from you the other day, and it was about this, and you go, hey, I got nothing to sell, this is just my experience, and I was like, I was like, cool, and I looked at it, I was like, Tucker fucking Max, and I was like, fuck it, let's do it, so I sent you an email, so I'll stop rambling, that's kind of my story with it, man, I'd take, take and do with that what you will. I mean, <laughs> why do you think I'm talking about this shit, yeah. you know, like, it, it's, uh, I tell people that, um, MDMA therapy is the most important thing I've ever done in my life. I have a wife and kids and they're always like, not get married, not have kids. And I'm like, no. And the reason is because if I had not started down the path of psych psychedelic therapy, I probably wouldn't be married. And I probably would have at best a way worse relationship with my kids, if not a toxic one. Um, that it was, and I had done, man, all the work, years of talk therapy, everything. And still, it was, it took psychedelics to really, um, you know, in conjunction with everything else, right? Like, they're not magic pills. You don't just take MDMA and everything's better. But um, they were the things that really cracked me open and helped me feel, um, helped me actually connect with myself and feel all these things that I couldn't or wouldn't feel. Um, yeah, it was great, man. Uh, it, I, I totally, I'm with you. Uh, I'll tell you though, it's funny. You said like, I want to make a bunch of money. Uh, cool. I'm with you. 
and sponsoring psychedelic research is awesome. Like I, you know, I have a friend, Tim Ferriss, a good friend of mine. He's given a huge chunk of his income of his net worth to, I don't, people don't even realize he's talked some about it. He's given way more than he's talked about. Um, like him and a few other people like him are the reason that psychedelic research are, are a big part of the reason why psychedelic research is where it is. But, um, that's awesome. And that needs to happen. I think right now though, just my belief and I could be wrong. Um, there's right now there's got 30 or 40 public companies in the space. There's plenty of money rushing into psychedelics. Money is no longer the issue. Okay. The issue now is understanding and education and not just about psychedelics because it's okay. It's going to get way better. The, the, the place where education is missing is why do we need psychedelics? First, how do we use them? Right. As medicine. And then why do we need them? Like no one's really, I shouldn't say that very few people are really head on addressing that. You know, uh, there are some people trying to head on address, uh, how do we use them? Um, and that'll, that, you know, that's coming. That's part of what I'm doing, but the real underlying question is why, right? Uh, and it's the thing I have to explain to people all the time is they're like, okay, I feel crappy. I'm depressed. I'm this and I'm that. I've heard psychedelics work and they'll even look at the research and the research is overwhelming. It's ridiculous, right? Like it's it, the greatest findings in the history of psychology are in psychedelic oh, yeah. medicine, right? Like by far, it's not even close, yeah. right? And and so then they're like, okay, okay, awesome, awesome, I'm gonna get better. And so they'll, they'll come find me and it's like, okay, uh, I can't get in the map studies. How do I do MDMA? So like, I'll point them to a guide because I know of there's a massive, not a massive, but there's a big enough network of underground guides. And um, uh, I'll point them to one of the guides and they'll be like, well, what the hell do I do? And I'm like, well, you, and then I'll start explaining, like, why do I even need this? And it's like what I told you, depression is unfelt emotions, right? And then I start explaining trauma to them and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, dude, it's like explaining water to a fish. Yeah. Because all of us live in this society that for all the great things and the abundant wealth, material wealth that our society has produced. So I don't want to be like, oh, everything's terrible. No, everything's not terrible. Yeah. So a lot of things are great. Pretty good. Right, exactly. We don't have to worry about like uh, animals uh, attacking water. us anymore. Right, yeah. exactly. Like I have water from Italy on my desk, <laughs> and, and it cost me a dollar. Right, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of amazing things in the world, but the possibly the most important thing, how we feel on a day to day basis, and how we connect with each other and the 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 world around us, is incredibly toxic and traumatic and damaging both to us and to others and and so ex teaching of explaining to a fish that it lives in water is almost impossible it's very very hard it's almost impossible and so what i'll do what i see all the time too you'll see um you've probably seen this i'll, I'll like i'll explain trauma i'll maybe i'll tell people you know read go read the body keeps score by bessel van der kirk or, or actually that a new book is out that's i think way better not more research. His book, if you want to know the deep uh, facts, he's you know been doing the research for 20 years. He's the guy, Bessel van der Kirk, The Body Keeps Score. But if you want a book that will explain trauma in a way that a lay person will really understand and connects with you, there's a book that just came out. It's called A Dose of Hope by a guy named Dr. Dan Engel. And it's a parable. It's like a, you know, like a novel, right? Um, uh, it's amazing. Uh, and it explains, it takes like a, a character 
and it takes him, it follows him through three MDMA treatments from his perspective, right? From his very first one, his second, and his third. And, and like it, it, it has like all his conversations with his therapist and his conversations with Dr. Dan, who's like the facilitator and his family. And it's fucking amazing because it really walks you through. Oh, wow. We are all swimming in a sea of horrific uh, uh, trauma and we're all so shitty to each other and ourselves. We're so shitty to ourselves. And none of us see it because almost everyone's like this. And what psychedelics do is wake you up to that fact. It's like pulling a fish out of water and showing them that's where you are. Yeah. And the fish is like, oh, shit, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. there's something other than water. Yeah. Right? And so that's why, even though it's not my business, I'm not going to start a business in this not that I have been, I, I, all people are like, this should be no profit motive. Bullshit. You want it to work? You want, give it to the entrepreneurs, right? Exactly. You want a fucking um, iPhone? Get it done. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, there need to be people who are not just talking their book and not just trying to sell something who are going to be open and honest and real about this. And I'm not the only one. I'm probably not even the best one, but there are, um, there are not enough of us yet. And, um, uh, that's why I talk about this. That's why I do the work is so that I can show up as the best person for myself, for my wife and my kids and the people I care about. And, and the reason I talk about the work is because fucking A, man, we all need this. Yeah. We all need to get better. You don't have to take psychedelics. I know plenty of people who are doing amazing work <laughs> and not doing psychedelics. Yeah. Cool, great. Yeah. That wasn't me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I needed this help. It is just a tool, right? Some people can climb mountains with just their bare hands. Cool. I need all the ropes and I need the pulleys. I need the cool gear. Yeah, I need helicopter. the ice axes. Right. I need every piece of gear I can get. It's kind, <laughs> right? of, it's kind of like a video game walkthrough guide, right? Some people are just... Some people are like, yeah, man, I played it on Veteran and I iced it. And then there's me. I'm like, I've got a laptop open. And it's like, you're supposed <laughs> right. to go to this area and wait for that guy. And it's like... How bad are you? I was like, dude, I've been playing this game for two years. Just let me fucking finish it. You know? <laughs> Leave me alone. And it's right? like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Googling, you know, GTA walkthrough. Just, yes. it's okay. It's yes. all right. You tried your hardest. and But unlike yep. a video game, you know, you can die and try again. But if you're in real life and, you know, you're laying in the fetal position in your bed and you're going, I don't fucking see how this gets better, man. You know, the best years are behind me. My brothers are doing well. Fucking everyone else is doing well. I mean, why don't I just fucking end this shit? Well, no, you... There's a walkthrough guide, and it, yes. it it's not it, and like a walkthrough guide, it's not just gonna do it for you. You still have to do it, like you still have to figure out how to do it. But like, it's and it's something that I think a lot of people are. I mean, I think I'm probably a great example of it. Being pre med, I'm gonna get into medical school. I got in a far. I'm a straight A student. You don't need to tell me how to you know what drugs are. I'm like, you just need to work hard, and it's like, and then you try it, and it's not. It's not like if you've never gotten drunk before and then you get drunk and you're like, yeah, that was pretty fun. I'm hungover. That was fun. It's, I mean, it's like what Terrence McKenna said. I mean, it's like watching those old black and white films of like the A-bombs going off. And there's like the rows and rows of cameras and then each Uh. respective row gets vaporized. So it has to change to another view as the, that's what they do to like your existing model of like reality. They're just, it just, it's a bright light. And it just vaporizes you. And 
You can't, if you're a weapons dealer and everyone has grenades and Tommy guns and some people have like an old World War II plane that's with a propeller like some jackass and then someone develops an A-bomb in the desert, how do you not go tell someone about, like, dude, this is the power of the sun. That's what but, it but dude, like. I'm, I'm telling you, but li- listen to yourself. <laughs> Think about yourself or most people before experiencing it is, yeah. right? Yeah. What you're talking about just sounds like kooky bullshit. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no I'm not criticizing you. But no, like, I know. It's... I love Terrence McKenna now. I thought Terrence McKenna was a dumbass hippie five years ago. I couldn't stand ago. him. Like, I'm like, oh, who is this idiot? I couldn't stand oh, him. The worst. You Get him away from me. The machine Now elves. I'm like, <laughs> I know I heard his voice. Yeah. It's the Dude, self-transforming. That... It's we are the precipice of our own beliefs. And you're like, fuck so... off, you hippie. Dude, that is why I I almost exclusively talk about trauma and healing because everyone's suffering and pretty much everyone will recognize their suffering, right? Almost no one realizes they're in a mass psychosis and need to wake up. And so you can't convince a fish it's in water. You've got to show it, right? So even if you go into this work just to heal trauma. And I did, man. I went in exclusively to heal trauma. I'm like, I don't care about the psychedelic. That's why I started with MDMA because it's not actually a psychedelic. Like you're in your right mind the whole time. I don't know if you've done MDMA therapy, but like it's not. Yeah, no, I I would, if if you have a lot of depression in your life, um, LSD and psilocybin, especially psilocybin can be fantastic for that. MDMA is also very fantastic for that. Um, uh, But uh, anyway, so that being said, it, it, it's not a true psychedelic. You have a lot of control. You can kind of modulate it. It's very soft and gentle and friendly. But even if you go in fully for healing trauma, even if you're disdainful of waking up of other dimensions, which I was, you're going to get that. Okay, It's there, right? And so all you have to do is even be a little bit willing to see that. And, and I was willing because uh, it's an experiential thing. And so that's like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell people about, I'm going to talk, reach people where they are. They're suffering and they want relief and psychedelics can absolutely help. They might be the best thing to help. And so great. Let's just talk about that. And then they'll, the rest is going to come, man. Like you almost can't avoid it, you know? So like, let them experience that. It's sort of like... It's like sex. It's like, yeah, you can talk about it all day. You can watch videos of it, but experiencing it is the only way to know. It's the same with opening your mind. The Terrence McKenna, again, going to the grave without doing psychedelics is like going to the grave without ever having sex. You never knew what it was really about. And it's, you know, I think I think a good analogy. You're right, because the things we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, listen to yourself. It's a thermonuclear bomb of enlightenment. It's like, dude, stay away from me and my kids, right? You know, it's fuck off, dude. Love your podcast, Tommy. Don't ever approach me, you psychopath. It's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like going straight into Goggins for workout advice. It's like, no, you got to ease into Rogan. You know, Rogan's like, do some jump rope, walk around the block. You don't need to join CrossFit. You know, do some sit-ups. Versus yes. Goggins like, stay hard. You have to run up a mountain. Fuck you. And you're like, that will turn you off. You got to ease into Goggins. And then it becomes, you're like, okay, right? Be the beast. But you can't, you're right. I mean, that is, I think that's perhaps a, a huge flaw of myself is I have a hard time easing into it. I just... I'm the fucking proselytizer. You can do what you want, but if you want to be successful helping other people, Mm -hmm. there's an effective way. 
And then there's the way that you just feel like doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's going door to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and the huge thing about it is, is I think you can't force anyone to do it and you can't put that's nothing drove me farther away from psychedelics and friends in college being like, you need this. Oh, dude. Can I tell you like, so uh, it's not Tim Ferriss. Cause I talked about him. So I want to make sure that I have another friend who lives in Austin, who's very famous as well, who um, would not for years, shut the fuck up about ayahuasca. <laughs> like literally, man, he would come over for dinner and this is like, you know, maybe six, seven years ago. So it was right after I met my wife. We were maybe just still dating or whatever. And like, she's not a star fucker. Like she didn't care. This dude was famous. Um, she knew who he was. And, and like, and he come over and like, literally all dinner, he just, ayahuasca this and ayahuasca that. And I talked to Mother Vine and, and I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, okay. And then she like, it's funny, he left and she's like, she literally, she looks over at me and she goes, is he always that fucking annoying? <laughs> like, she's like, why are you friends with him? But, is it just because he's famous? I'm like, no, no, no. It's, he's just did ayahuasca. You know? But like for years, only every time he saw me and I'm like, I didn't, and I know him. His life is fucked up. Like he, his life is so fucked up. I literally said to him one time, I'm like, dude, if you told me to eat, I'd starve. That's how fucked up. I know how fucked up your life is. And you're just talking about ayahuasca. I, it literally made me never want to do ayahuasca ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it actually ended up being a good thing because if I had started psychedelics the way I normally do, which is I'm just jumping full in, put me in the, in the deep end. I, I probably would have started with I or five MEO, right? Which would have been honestly a fucking disaster. Like it would have been the worst possible thing for me. I probably would have navigated through it or whatever, maybe, but it would have been really, really bad. And I know that because uh, three years in, I did a five MEO and uh, whatever, two and a half years in, I did ayahuasca. So I know what those, and those were unbelievably amazing, but also incredibly intense, almost horrific experiences after I'd done two, three years of serious <laughs> psychedelic work. So what the hell truck would have hit me if I'd started there? I might have died. Die? Best <laughs> like, case scenario, you'd be right there with him going, have you fucking done ayahuasca? And he'd be like, Jesus. Right, I'd be one of those annoying. No, but like the point is, so I'm, I'm bringing all this up because there's a, a saying in the community called, uh, or a term called spiritual bypass, right? Which is what he was. And you sound, I don't think you did this, but you sound like this. They're the people who just won't stop talking about how amazing the experience is, right? And they they kind of like they talk about where they are on the bleeding edge of it. But for someone who hasn't woken up, they just sound fucking crazy. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't help. And and some people actually, spiritual bypass really means that all, oftentimes they're not actually doing the work. They're just having peak experiences, which my friend doing Aya at the time was, and he admits to now. But he's just like, oh, doing. He's basically doing drugs with his friends. Yeah, he wasn't actually doing the work, right? Yeah. But th that's why, man. When I talk about this, I try and keep it grounded. Yeah, in scientific, of course. I try and keep it grounded in a reality that someone who is not awake can understand and relate to themselves, yeah. right? Because it will help them. It was the if I had done MDMA three times and nothing else, I probably I wouldn't have had most of the amazing revelations I've had since it still would have been the most important thing that ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. Still. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know, that was me for several years. I was that guy. 
Hey, Tommy, yeah. what's going on? Have you done psilocybin yet? And it's just like, <laughs> dude, what happened to the guy I knew in college? And I'm like, awaken your mind, dude. And it's versus that. I've, I did them five times. I did them once a year for like five years. I, I haven't done them uh, since Did you do less the second time? You didn't do 15 no, no, grams no, 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 the no, time, no, 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 no. The first time was two grams. Uh, one year anniversary of my brother's death, I did like three or four grams. Okay, and all then right. The next, Reasonable doses. Yeah, it was the last one. It was really, it was the Hail Mary. I was like, well, uh, I was like, what's on the other side? Like, I mean, uh, I literally, as it started to come on, I remember writing a note to myself. Uh, you are on, Tommy. Hold on, stop. You were depressed, seriously suicidally depressive after doing a bunch of mushrooms? No, 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 no. So, first time I did You them, started with a huge dose, right? No, 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 no. First time I ever did it was two grams. And that was okay. just graduated college, just got into medical school. I was on top of the world. I was oh, okay, like, gotcha. I was like, I don't think I'm happy with where my life is. Yeah. I lost my brother in April 2014, and I still stayed mentally above water for about right. a year and a half after that. I still, yeah. I did them again, applied to pharmacy school, got into pharmacy school. I was like, maybe I want to research these. I was still relatively like there, but it was yeah. just this trying to deal with what happened to my brother slowly started to just like eat me a lot. If aside from that, if you could just take that splinter out of my mind, I was doing well. I was like, I had these realizations. I was like, oh, I, you know, I, you know, found a girlfriend. I was like, you know, life can be loving. I, you know, I want to do these things. I want to help people. I, you know, what can I put my mind to to help other? It was all these great things, but it was just, it was coupled. With, it's like if I gave you a brand new, I don't know, a Tylenol derivative, but then right. I also like shot you in the leg. Like we wouldn't get good data off of it. I'd be like, is it yeah. as good as ibuprofen? You'd be like, I don't know, man. My femur shattered. So yeah. it was just sort of this this intermingling do, do you have any does the suicidal ideation ever come back now or is it gone no it's gone for you just yeah done okay yeah no i mean that's listen with that much mushrooms that's it, i uh, wouldn't recommend it to anyone i mean i had no nothing about it was bad to me it was like pure that's how that's the most amazing thing is it wasn't bad but i don't i did think eight and a half was, jesus i did so i did eight and a half that was i did about five or six mdma sessions and i was starting to get a lot less from the medicine um which uh, at the time i thought oh i cleared off my trauma no turns out i just had very strong ego and there's a shit well i just there was a, a rock there and the ego was like no no more you're yeah. not going and so um uh found a, an amazing mushroom shaman and then we talked about it a bunch ahead of time he's like we're starting with three and a half and then we'll do a booster and then we'll see. And so I ended up doing eight and a half. Um, uh, or, you know, he gave me eight and a half and I did. And it was, um, oh, dude, it was shattering in the best possible way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, totally fucking shattering. It was like, it. Uh, the only way I could describe it is really, it was like, I felt almost like I had to, I almost felt like a newborn baby the next day. Like I had to, almost relearn to walk yeah. and talk and like driving, you know, like, like it totally reset. I mean, I, I, under, I physically understand what it means. And the dad's like, Oh, resets the default mode network. All your, you know, your, your processes to operate in the back of the mind, you know, like unconsciously I'm like, Oh fuck. No, I know. Cause like yeah. driving, you know, driving home, you can have a hand on the wheel, looking at your phone, singing, dude, driving home from that, a day later, right? Like, obviously, I was uh, sober, but a day later, if I didn't have both hands on the wheel looking straight ahead, I was, like, off the road, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you don't realize 
how automatic so much behavior is until the automatic cords are cut. And then, so like the stuff, if I was focusing on the road, fine, no problem, great driver. But like, I couldn't not focus anymore because I, I had to rebuild those circuits, right? Oh yeah, dude, that's why it works on depression because uh, it, uh, neurochemically, in this most simplistic explanation of depression, and suicidal ideation as well, because it's just extreme depression, you get caught in thought loops and you can't get out of them, right? And negative thought loops generally. And so uh, uh, the two things that are the best medicines that are known to reset those thought loops are psilocybin and ketamine. Ketamine is actually even better than psilocybin for suicidal ideation, although at 15 grams, at that point, <laughs> yeah, it's, you're resetting fucking everything. You're man. using a flamethrower. At that point, right. it doesn't matter if you're using gasoline or kerosene. It's like no. it's a flamethrower. Like yeah, the right. garden's exactly. gone. Yeah, no, that, that's even that's a Moab. That's a massive city leveling bomb. It's yeah, again, no, so you're resetting yeah. all that. So like, oh yeah, dude. So as long as you don't get back into that behavior pattern or that world or those thought patterns, it's gone. Right. It doesn't mean everything in your life's better, but yeah, it totally resets that. It was crazy to me how much, dude, I had like lingering pain, knee pain, stuff like that gone. Right. And I was like, I, I remember talking, I'm like, this, what, it didn't heal my knee. And the shaman was like, no, 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 dude, it doesn't heal your knee. Your body is used to your knee being in pain. I had to reconstruct the knee. It's like your body's used to your your uh, 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 knee being in pain, and it built those pain circuits over an extended period of time. And even when the pain went away, it kept them for some reason, right? And so, like by by basically re resetting the default mode network, it, it cut those circuits, and there's no reason for them to rebuild. And I remember thinking, "You're just some indigenous kook. What do you know, right?" And then, like, I talked to like a buddy of mine who's like a kind of a famous neurosurgeon. He's like, "No, he's exactly correct." He's precisely correct. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> really? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I had, I had never had a problem with it before. And then after my brother died, I became terrified of flying, which I, in hindsight, I'm like, it was just this sort of like my own existential, like. You, your fear went somewhere else just, instead yeah, of coming up as what it is. Yeah. And it just, and I never even thought about it, but it wasn't until like a year after the massive psychedelic reset that I realized like it just vanished. Like I would have to get shit faced to get on a plane. Like I would just be sitting there in the turret, like just downing them. And it, it vanished after that. And it's the one thing it really got to me was like above all else. Like I don't, I don't, when people ask me like what I want to do with the podcast, I do explain like that's the big picture, but yeah. I don't, I don't. Unless I have on like a physician who is like researching them, that's the topic. Or like you and I doing this right now, that's the topic. Right. I don't talk about it. And I like Alan Watts said, you know, once you get the message, hang up the phone. I haven't done them since 2016, and I, I really have, I really have no desire to. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking right now, and I'm just working hard at this podcast, and I'm, and I'm doing well. But I want them to be available to people. I don't, you know, I don't need. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't need Xanax. I deal with yeah. my anxiety on my own. Yeah. I had problems yeah, yeah, yeah. with that for a while, but they do exist. Xanax, benzodiazepines do exist. Yeah. 
and it's good that they exist. It's good that you can go see a therapist or maybe that's not the best example. It's whatever you want. I don't smoke weed anymore. I don't really eat fast food. I'm heterosexual. But if you want to go try out gay sex or go smoke weed or go eat McDonald's, I think they need to be available to people so that you can try them on your own. I'm not going to force anyone to do them. I want them to be available to someone like my brother who maybe was just like, fuck it, let's see what this does. Because he did, about a year before uh, he took his life, he did uh, he did try psilocybin. And I remember he tried it on a Friday. He was 27 at the time, I was 23. And he had had, you know, recurring problems with drinking. And he tried it on a Friday, and on a Monday he joined AA. And to me, that was always just like, I was like, what are these things? Like, how does this have the ability... And obviously something cropped up again and it, you know, then he went down. But to me, I'm like, what the fuck? Again, it's back to the, at the risk of sounding like an insane person, like it's like a thermonuclear weapon. You're like, dude, this isn't a grenade. This isn't a battle axe. You're like, this is, this is something. This this is why I tell people to start with MDMA. Yeah. Like I I don't tell, I I recommend for most people, MDMA is by far the best starting point. No, it really is, man. Like it just is like, uh, you're right, though. Um, 100% correct. Psychedelics can very much be like a thermonuclear bomb to the brain, and most people are not fucking ready for that. Yeah. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like, they're not ready, man. There are very few people. Like, if there was any doubt that most people are sheep who are willing to be led to their actual slaughter, just look what's happened around the world for the last 18 months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, most people do not want to wake up, or at least they don't think they do. They're not willing to examine their own reality. They're not willing to question any official narrative. They just accept what is given to them. No, no judgment. Whatever. Sure. Right. Uh, and and psychedelics, psychedelics, uh, like especially psilocybin, can be a massively overwhelming shock to that system. Right. MDMA is not a tech molecularly. It is not a psychedelic. It is off on its own. It's a whole different class of of medicines and it is way gentler. It's way easier for people to deal with emotionally and mentally. And the thing that makes it so great is that it's like, it's like, it's, it's really only good for trauma. Right. And so it's almost impossible for most people to even think about something crazy like, wow, the the reality presented to me by everyone else is maybe not the full story. That's really hard to process if you are so afraid and so in fear and so ashamed of yourself that you can't even think about some other idea. Right. And so MDMA helps people deal with their emotions and their suffering and their pain and all of that. And they, they're like, oh, wow, I feel like a new person. I feel, I'm happy. I can feel happiness. I can feel joy. Yeah, yeah, I still got some of these other emotions, but now I kind of know how to deal with them. I can understand that, yeah, some negative things have happened to me, but I can now I know how to process them. You know, MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, right? The both, sure. MDMA and therapy. Once you've done that, then... Inevitably, it's like, man, can I get even better? Yeah. Is there, you know, like yeah, you come back to the dealer, right. you're like, there, exactly. You got something else? You know, I mean, dude, I, like, listen, I've, I've, at this point, three years in, uh, I wrote the article about my first two MDMA sessions about three years ago, 
And I've helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people find guides. And I can tell you from experience, from watch, I'm, I don't guide, but like watching my friends go through it, the ones who start with MDMA uh, generally have the best outcomes, both from that medicine, and they tend to go, a lot of them go deeper in psychedelics and really kind of wake up. And the ones for, that aren't ready, the MDMA is not a horrific shock to their system. Like they're able to recover from that, right? Whereas the ones who are like, no, I'm jumping in the deep end. Let's go do ayahuasca. They often have the worst outcomes, yeah. right? Like they're the ones that have, and I put this in quotes, bad trips, right? There's really no such thing as a bad trip. Uh, what a bad trip is, is that more comes up than you're prepared and ready to deal with, Turbulence. right? Right, exactly. No, seriously, like yeah. someone who... Um, was horrifically sexually abused as a kid and has pushed it out of their mind, does LSD at a concert and the memories come up and they're fine. They lose it's a, they create, creates a psychic break, right? Cause they can't deal with that truth, and especially at a fucking concert. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. not the place to deal with it. Yeah. Right. And so, so that's uh, uh, psychedelic medicine, psychedelics, uh, psilocybin, uh, LSD, uh, you know, 5-MeO, ayahuasca, those are really serious, really intense medicines. If you want to jump in the deep, if you want to learn to swim in the, in the middle of the Pacific, you can. It's just your odds of drowning are way higher than if you learn to swim in the kiddie pool. Yeah. I learned to swim in the kiddie pool. Like, I, that, it worked out really well for me. Yeah. And most people I see that learn to swim in the kiddie pool, then you go out to the Pacific, great, cool, swim all yeah. you want, no problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you know you know how to swim. You're yeah. not learning where there's no bottom. Yeah. Start start using the stairs instead of the elevator. And then after a year, maybe download Goggins' book, right? It's like... I mean, right. Like, yeah. it, it, walk down the stairs instead of jumping off the roof. I mean, it's... it's Yeah, right? It's... it's uh, and that, and that was that was kind of my problem, you know. When I did anything, I would just get in weightlifting in high school, you know. In college, I was like, I wonder what it'd be like to get good grades. And then straight A pre med student, like published research in toxicology, ace the MCAT. Then it was like, hey, let's you know, let's start a podcast. And it started with me just talking to a friend on a laptop. I've interviewed Charlie Duke, who's walked on the moon. I've had on Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine. Right, yeah. like it's. I just go balls deep into things and psychedelics is no excuse. It's, you know, in hindsight, it probably would have been better if I'd started with something like MDMA. But to me, my logic still applies. So whether you're starting with MDMA or psilocybin, I want it to be available to people. Hold, hold, hold on. Don't, when you reach the place you want to on the mountain, don't curse the path that brought you there, right? Correct. Obviously, Correct. you were suicidal. Yeah, that's true. What that's you did worked. Okay, cool, man. In no way, shape, or form am I criticizing that, right? Fuck no. Or judging that. Hell no. Not in any way, shape, or form. Sure. Right? Like, it's that's awesome. Like, you you took your matters into your own hand, and you find, found a solution, and it worked, and you're here with us all still. Great. Couldn't be better. Uh, the, th the thing I want listeners to understand, that might resonate with somebody. Somebody might be listening right now, suicidal. It's like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to go take 10 grams of mushrooms. And, no, seriously, yeah. and it might work. Cool, man. Yeah. I, like, that is dead serious. But there are a lot of people who are suicidal, possibly, who are like, oh, that seems fucking crazy, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I promise you, that's the only thing. Yeah. I'm suicidal, but that seems a You're little like, crazy. That guy's nuts. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, there's other ways to, to, to deal with this issue that are actually far less intense and far less risky. 
right? Like, I definitely know people, man, who have done, I, I know what that, man, I, I don't even, who have done that much and it created real issues for them. Sure. Real, like, like, it, oh, there is a breaks. Re- Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They were not not ready for what came up. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't recommend what I did to anyone because it helped me. And yes, you're right. You know, I can't curse. I'm here. I'm still here. You know, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of trauma that I didn't cause by killing myself. But I also look at it and I'm like, that wasn't even flipping a coin. I flipped like a 50 sided die and I happened to get the good side. Like, I don't. You know, if you want to do it, do it. But I also am like, hey, I, that was a lottery ticket. Like, don't bank on it. So let me ask you a question. That's great. You know that. So since then, have you done, have you gotten serious about doing the work? Like the emotional work of really healing? Like, it's and actually, you're right. What you did worked for you. Awesome. What about since then? Since then? Yeah. Yeah. Daily meditation. Uh, reaching out to people I hurt in the two years after my brother died. You know, who, you know, oh, you don't know what it's like to lose a brother. Fuck you. I mean, reaching out, reaching out to my ex, uh, reaching out to brothers. I mean, really trying to be a better person to not judge people to I I would at the at the sake of, of sounding like an inflated ego. I would say I've done a ton of fucking work. Like, I'm very proud of the person. Yeah, I've cool. Become. Talk therapy. Oh, yeah. To four and a half years every week awesome. with a therapist. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. See, so what I try and do is talk as much about the other, the integration aspects as the medicine itself, Okay. right? Because like, it is just as important. Like I was able, I probably, for what most people would be 10 years of medicine work, I was able to do in three, right? Why? Because I had done four years of psychoanalysis, going four days a week for Mm -hmm. an hour, right? And because I had done all kinds of other emotional work. So I had this amazing foundation. It's very strong, capable foundation that could deal with, you know, you know, like the, you see those, um, those, uh, towers or the, uh, skyscrapers where you're like, they're just in a hole for a year and then the tower goes up in like yeah, a yeah, week, yeah. right? And then all the pylons and the exactly. rebar. Exactly. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. Like, what? Did, well, because it takes, yeah. it takes a long time to build the foundation if you do it right. And then you can put the rest up fast. Overnight. Same success. with me, right? So yeah. I talk about that at, at least as much, man, because like, it's just from listening to our podcast uh, the beginning until just then most people are like ah oh, tommy did a bunch of drugs and he was great no no no. tommy did a bunch of drugs and then also did a shit ton of other work five years of work right, right yeah. exactly the the all of it goes together yeah. right like and, and that's another very important part of this conversation this specific one but the larger one is psychedelics are a tool to be used in conjunction with all the other work yeah yeah you know does that make sense yeah it's like uh it's like saying if you get internet access you can start tommy got internet access and he look he has a pocket he's talking to tucker max and it's like dude i did 544 episodes above my parents garage while working at a liquor store there's like you go and there are early episodes for my you know, and since since past seventeen and a half year old paralyzed dog is blind and barking, and my parents are down. You know, my dad's. You know, what the fuck is he's thirty? Why is he still living with us? My dad was on his own at twenty five. Tommy, get off the phone. What the no, fuck are you doing? Stop talking. And I'm like trying to whisper. I'm like, hey, sorry about that. Anyway, and it's just like, no. There's a lot of what people don't see is they don't see the number of emails of people being like, don't stop or stop 
like talking to me. Stop emailing me. I said no. No means no, you know? I mean, you know, General Mattis, you know, a polite decline. No, I will not do your podcast. Like, there's a lot of times that people just... But the point is, is you're right. It's like what Arnold Schwarzenegger said about steroids. Like, steroids, like, yeah, in body... Like, to be a professional bodybuilder, like, you need them. You can't just take a, a like, anabolic steroids and be Schwarzenegger. Like, you also yeah. have to be the best of the best of the best. You got to live in the gym. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's... Yeah, man, it's so, you know, this this conversation has kind of helped me reexamine my own thing. Like, well, what? So let's say I make a ton of fucking money. It's almost kind of like a it's almost like a meta. It's like a, a macroscopic view of like you can't just take the medicine and then be better. What can I do? You can't just make a billion dollars and then donate it. Like what? And I think what I don't know what I need to do. Perhaps I need to dive back in and start reexamining my my end goals like I do still want to you know push for it and it's uh, to change mental health but it might not just be do, a big do you know check. the best way to do that you want to you want to the absolute the way I guarantee Talk about it. if you do this close <laughs> no I'm serious like uh, everyone says they want to change the world that's fucking stupid yeah impossible and also a way to avoid your own work yeah but if you actually want to do something meaningful. There's only one way. Buddha did it. Jesus did it. Every Gandhi did it. Everyone uh, who's actually changed the world did this. Be the change you they did see. their own. Yeah, they did their own work. Yeah. They did their own work. They were the example. And then they pointed the way for others. Yeah. There is no way around that. Because you know what? You know what the difference between a fraud, a bullshit, a self-help guru and an actual avatar is one's done the work and one talks about other people doing work yeah tony robbins v goggins yeah no seriously that's a great comparison goggins those two are at similar similar levels of consciousness I, i would say but goggins does everything he tells you to do tony robbins that dude just you get I get a weird feeling watching him. I'm just uh, you know yeah. why? Because he is telling he is telling it's me. not even that he's bullshitting. It's not even that he gives bad advice because a lot of his advice is actually really good. Sure. And granted, everything he tells people to do, he's taken from other people. He hadn't thought one of those fucking ideas up himself. He's famous in the self-help community for 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 that. But like um what feels weird is that it's incongruent. He doesn't actually live. He is not what he says to do. That's why it feels weird. He's successful at being successful. That's what it is. He, he talks about being successful. He hasn't done the work. Yeah. He's right. He, that, yeah, we're saying very similar things, I think. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he has not actually done the work. Yeah, you hear Steve Jobs talk, and he gives it. You ever watch any of his lectures, and you're like, "Oh, that's the guy that created Apple." You go, "Okay, I got it." Yeah, you know what? You could watch Steve. Put a video of Steve Jobs next to Tony Robbins. A video, anything. We're talking about anything similar. And if if you don't, no idea who either one is. It's obvious which one is the huckster and which one built one of the most important companies for his time. Like you don't like you don't have to know anything yeah. about them. Like you could take, we could take the the 
Indian uh, Steve Jobs and put him next to the Indian Tony Robbins and show us videos. And I can tell you who's the builder and who's the fraud. And I don't know who either one of those would be, right? Like, I don't have to know who they are. Yeah. No, it's very true. And it's, you know, that's, that's one thing I try to do more and more is early on. Um, And I know I'm coming up on my time limit with you. I know, but I look, you know, I can go around talking about, you do this, it'll, it'll awaken your mind, man. You know, squeegee your third eye clean, wake up to mother, you know, all that fucking bullshit. Or it can be like, yeah, man, I gained 70 pounds. I had long, greasy hair. I, you know, was manipulative. I blamed everyone versus you can go back to episode one of this and then you can watch it too now. You can see me move out. You can see me losing more weight. You can see me trying to swear less. You can see me trying to open my mind and go, you know what? Fine, I'll have on my liberal friend that tells me why I'm wrong. Let me be open to that idea, right? I'll have on whoever. I'll try to expand my mind and I try to be more caring and more loving and talk about it less and instead do the work the three episodes yesterday the two today like do the work you know don't ask for money budget your own shit if you have to eat ramen this month that's what you're doing work hard and eventually as that breaks through it could be well i can say what started with psychedelics and there was a lot of work to do from there but you know this is my story and it's yeah man there's a lot to it and uh Never, you know, never on any amount of psychedelics did I have a weirder trip than talking to Tucker Max about psychedelics. About psychedelics. This is a fucking Dude. reality is stranger than any of that shit. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. What's a balance state? Sometimes the simulation speaks directly to you, right? And so, like, um, you know, there are a lot of people who've been like, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I'd be taking advice on mental health, good advice on mental health from Tucker Max. And then I'll be like, I'm not giving you advice. And like, stop being, like, stop having your shit together. This doesn't make any (laughs) sense. You're like, don't listen to me. Do your own research. And they're like, fuck off. (laughs) You're supposed to be a broken, dysfunctional Lothario. And I'm like, I was. (laughs) I'm just not anymore. You're like, you're a piece of shit. And you're like, I'm still developing every day. They're like, stop. Having a level um, head, you asshole. And you're like, fuck, I'm sorry. It's you're you know. breaking my reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. It's yeah. So I do have to ask you before you go, though. Um, yes. Well, two things. Well, one, so I, I did write a trip report on what I did, and it was too long to write on Arrowhead. I'll email it to you. I don't. Okay. Just like your email about psychedelics, I have nothing to gain from it. I don't give a fuck. I wrote it several years ago. Um, okay. Second of all, I've never done ayahuasca or 5-MEO. What and I'm giving you a couple minutes to explain, and not you need more time. Than, what is five meo like? I know that that is like the king. I, yeah, so I'm the wrong person to describe okay. five meo. I did it. I, I did like with a a great five meo guy with the the poor fucking bullfrogs. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. came off the the frog, right? Bullfars, the smeared yeah. desert toad. Um, it, like it was real legit. Um, uh. Man, it was the hardest experience of my entire life. So I literally, um, I was in a stage when I did it where a lot of grief was coming up. Like six months of my life were basically processing grief. And it was towards the end of that. I didn't know it was towards the end of that stage, but it was towards the end of that stage. And um, it harvested, it felt like it harvested all of the grief that had ever been in me and a lot of the grief that the world has ever felt. Like, I, I, I know it, it sounds dramatic. I felt like I was feeling the grief of the world. Sure. It was fucking astounding. It was overwhelming. Um, it was about three hours. I did four different, you know, inhales, and then you're kind of in for about 20, 30 minutes. 
So it was over about uh, three-ish, two to three hours. It was the most overwhelming, uh, intense two to three hours of my life. And it was nothing but fucking grief. I thought I was, I thought it was so much grief. I thought I was going to die. So like, that is not the trip report that you get for 5-MEO for most people, right? Like most people is very, very different and uh, great. Good for them. I didn't see any fucking machine elves. I didn't even leave the room I was in, man. It was like 5-MEO, boom, grief, grief, grief. And it just kept coming. Um, It was, it was, um, my guide said, man, he said, in my experience, if you're open to it, 5-MEO is going to give you exactly what you need. And I'm like, did I really need to feel that much grief? He's like, yeah, obviously. Apparently. Apparently. And the dangerous thing about it, man, is two hours later or less, an hour later, physically, you feel like nothing happened. But you, like, I was like, I went right back to my family because I'm like, oh, it's not like, you know, any other psychedelics, you have a long recovery time physically. You have no physical recovery time. So you think, oh, I'm fine. I went back and I was shattered. I was a shattered human being and like trying to play with my kids and just... Like my, you know, my little son would give me a cracker and I'd just start weeping uncontrollably. He's like, what the fuck's going on, mom, with this dude? Like, uh, uh, it was, no, it was, that was the dangerous thing. I had to realize, I know I got to go be alone for a while, for a long while. But, you know, some people, man, like, you know, they take it and it's like, oh, I saw the machine elves and I talked to God and it was so magical and amazing. I'm like, cool, good for you. Cause I didn't feel any of that shit, man. Like yes. it was, it was rough, dude. But it's, I mean, like you said, there's no such thing as a bad trip. There's just, no. they're tough lessons. That, I'll tell you, that was the fucking definition of a bad trip uh, if I decided to approach it that way. If I decided to see that as a bad trip, then that's the definition of it. Um, now, it ended up being probably one of the most important things I've ever done in my life. Like, it was, it cleared out so much of stuff. It leveled me up as a human in all ways, in all fucking ways. It was incredibly important. I'm probably not going to do 5-MEO for a long time, though. <laughs> and I think I might do the synthetic this time. Uh, like, the, the, the like, uh, for one, because I leave the bullfrogs alone, the poor guys. But also, uh, I've heard it's quite a bit less intense, um, which, like, some people don't like that about it. I'm like, nah, man, I'm cool with the less intense version. <laughs> Jesus, dude. I, I, don't, I don't know if I could do I mean, I will. Before I die, I'm, I mean, I'm going to do them all because it's – if I can't do those, how am I ready to be, how am I ready to die? But fuck, man, I don't know about five. I think it was Terrence McKenna that said like five MEO. He was like, if you can yeah. get more loaded than that, then I don't want any part of it. <laughs> he was like, keep it away from me. Yeah. The DMT is, that, so five MEO and ayahuasca are both DMT. They're just different forms mm-hmm. and different delivery methods. Uh, I was very different. Um, uh, it was amazing and profound. I would, um, I would highly, for it, it for people who are ready, who feel called to it, I would highly recommend ayahuasca, but I would highly recommend that most people do not fucking start there at all. I would come to Aya when you are experienced with psychedelics. I can't tell you what experience means. That's kind of up to you. Maybe it's one trip. Maybe it's a hundred. I don't know. But Aya is where, it, like, when you're ready to get serious, uh, about psychedelics and about the work you have to do around psychedelics, Aya is going to meet you there, right? But what makes Aya dangerous is it's really easy to spiritually bypass. Like I know a ton of people who've done 50 ayahuasca sessions and are still completely fucked up assholes in all ways. 
No, because it like it produces such an amazing peak experience and you can get lost in that peak experience and not actually do any of the work. Yeah. Whereas like with LSD or MDMA, it's a lot harder to do that, right? Because like LSD kind of forces reality. Like it kind of makes you face things, right? Um, I'll tell you the best thing I ever did was actually LSD and MDMA combined really? because it was like the harshness of LSD. So I forced me to face stuff, but then the gentleness of, of MDMA there to help me process it. That was by far the best, uh, the deepest and most revealing and healing session probably I've ever done. Um, yeah, that, that's a great combination. Uh, but it, again, it all depends on what someone's looking for. For most people, man, start with MDMA, clear off the basic trauma, open your soul up to be able to receive the deeper stuff. Yeah. That's that's the starting point. Yeah. 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 And everyone, yeah, just go about it your own Dude, way. and I know a ton of motherfuckers like you who's like, I have like, a bunch of psychedelic experience. And like, oh, I'm past MDMA. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I know. And I know. They'll go do MDMA and they're like, holy shit. Oh, like, yeah. it's a like, because it is such a soft, gentle medicine that like, uh, they're like, ah, it's a beginner medicine. No, it's not. It's not a beginner medicine. It's just soft and gentle. And it is a sniper rifle for trauma. It is a scalpel for trauma. And so it is entirely possible, man, to do a lot of psychedelics and to be very well-versed in psychedelics and very advanced in a lot of ways, but have missed a lot of basic trauma. Totally possible. I, I think it's, not a thing. I know it's in my future. I know, and you know, it could be a thing where I take it and I'm like, man, fuck LSD and psilocybin, like that shit rock, <laughs> which tends to be the nature of these things. They're all good, man. Yeah. They all have different uses. Where yeah. do you live? What, uh, what I'm in, I'm in Maryland right now. I moved, so I, when I moved home with my parents, they, my dad was in Maryland, my mom and dad were in Maryland, so I moved from Georgia to Maryland. They recently retired and I moved out into an apartment, which is where I'm doing this podcast. I'm in, uh, I'm in Maryland and, uh. I know no one here. I, I, I know no an amazing, yeah. I know an amazing guy in New York, and I know an amazing guy in um, Chattanooga or Knoxville, Atlanta area. So, like, it, 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 either one of them would be fantastic. They're both older women, amazing. I, yeah. Both of them have sat for me and my friends. Fuck so, yeah. you might hookups. Those, those are the closest to you that I know. Absolutely. No, I would love to. It's, it's. I know it's still ahead of me, and I know I haven't. And you're right. It's one of those things where. You know, it's. I think you said it right. The peak experience where you're just doing drugs. To me, that's that's like the Tony Robbins of changing your life, yes. right? The real exactly. life changing thing is when your dad sits you down and goes, "The fuck are you doing?" And you go, yeah. "Oh shit." Tony Robbins is. He's the peak psychedelic experience. You're the best. We are all an ocean of potential. And you're like, "Fuck yeah!" And then you walk out of the arena and you're like, "What am, what am I doing? Where am I going with this?" Yeah. It's. I know it's in front of me, and I know I got to do it, and. uh Above all else, man, I think you're right. It's I kind of got to tamper the message. It's not, hey, man, take it, dive into the world. It's easy. <laughs> Tailor it to meet people where they are. Yes. Tailor it to, to me prior to when I took it. Yeah. Try to talk that guy into doing it. He'd, he'd punch you in the face. Well, first off, I also, I never try and talk to anyone. If, if anything, I tell people, hey, listen, this stuff's no joke. Don't do it casually. It might make things harder. Like, things got a lot harder for me before they got easier on this medicine. I mean, you just heard, like, I felt the grief of the world and thought I was going to die in 5-MeO. And that's, like, two years in. Yeah. Like, things can get really fucking hard on this. So, like, I try and, if anything, I try and undersell it to people. So, that way, they come in prepared. Yeah, I, th I think it's 
to me, I, again, I look at it as like, I would like for it to be a, I think that's kind of like, yeah, don't, it's like what Duncan Trussell said about changing the world. He was like, don't try to change the world. He's like, first go like, you know, go donate to Salvation Army. And if you can do that, take the next step. Don't try to give clean drinking water to everyone in Africa. Like, start small. Clean your room. You know, get the cat piss out of your sheets. It's true. Yeah. Fix yourself. Yeah. And then talk about it. Yeah. It's so to me. Everything goes from there. To me, I'm like, what is my like battle space in this life? And I'm like, I would like for it to be available to people for them when they're ready to go for it just make it it's like when you're trying to get like a dog to jump up onto the couch with you and it's just staring at you and finally you're like fuck it here's a pillow come when you want and two hours later the dog comes and sits next to you and you're like i'm glad you're here but if you you try to pick it up it'll bite your balls off i've kept you for eight minutes longer than i said i would so i can't be trusted i'm a piece of shit i'm gonna send you the trip report i don't give a fuck if you read it or not but just your face when i told you how much i did the 1200 and the 15 grams i figured hey, that's you might enjoy that's it people who don't know the most lsd i ever did was 200 micrograms and i thought i was i, I thought i was gonna melt i can't imagine doing five times more six times as much and and i laid on a waterbed Dude. maybe that helped i don't know man I'm here. All right, man. I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Tucker Max. Thank you so much for being here. God bless. Stay safe, everybody. And uh, recording stopped. Be safe out there. Thanks, Tucker. Peace.